Morning, Whitworth. Good morning. Uh, hey, before you sit down, look to your neighbor and say this. Neighbor, the pressure is on. It's October paper and exam time. Okay, also, say neighbor. Remember Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And before you sit down, turn to your other neighbor and say, however, other neighbor, Jesus also went to bed. He needed a nap. He slept on a boat in a storm. Get some sleep. You can be seated. Yeah, BJ, quit being nocturnal. You are not bats. Get some sleep. Hey, a uh, couple announcements we want to do this morning. We actually have a new position on our campus. It's pretty cool. The social justice coordinator. And Lexi Chan has taken on uh, the first year of this new role. Lexi, where are you? You have an announcement. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Um, okay, well this is under a minute, so ready? I, my position was created in order to kind of bridge the gap for Christians, um, not Christians too, but especially in Christianity, I think there's a focus on personal faith and how also God is a God who cares about justice and like the poor and the orphan and the widowed. Now we as Christians can step into areas of injustice, um, suffering as we're called to and serve in that. So that's what I'm really passionate about personally. Um, so every month we're gonna have exposure opportunities to get to know Spokane, get to know your neighbors better and the people in Spokane and how maybe you can become really passionate in serving them. Um, our first one is this next week on Monday to Tuesday uh, overnight and it's a sleep out with Union Gospel Mission which is an organization that works um, towards ending cycles of homelessness or breaking the, those cycles of poverty. Um, it's one that's really near to my heart. And so on Monday night at 6 p.m., we're going to be out downtown sleeping in a parking lot if you guys want to come join. Um, and then it'll end at 6 a.m. the next morning. And so it's not going to be the most convenient or the most comfortable, but I think, or I would encourage you guys to really step into areas of uncomfortable and I think it could be a cool opportunity. So if you guys want to come, I'll be in the back. There'll be a sign-up sheet if you're interested. And just come find me. I'm around. So. Thank you, Lex. One more little quick announcement. Um, Jer Swaggart is the co-founder of a program uh, uh, called Global Immersion Project. And he will be here tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, giving a lecture in the Robson Teaching Theater. His organization, Global Immersion Project, actually equips people by learning from real peacemakers on the ground in some pretty intense places where there's some inter international conflict, like the border of San Diego, Mexico, conflict in I Israel and Palestine, those conflicts. And he'll be speaking on the topic of waging peace in a divided world. And this is cool. He's asking the question in this talk, um, how does our faith intersect with and compel us toward a world that is violently divided. And so, Jer will be here tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Robinson Teaching uh, Theater. I hope you all attend that. He's pretty provocative and incredible guy. Finally, uh, I want to say tonight is Hosanna, 
and we were talking with uh, some of our leaders around the reality that uh, because of what's happened in Las Vegas, uh, tonight, Hosanna, will be a time of real reflection and prayer and discussing the recent events uh, and some worship. So tonight would be a special night to remember this world. And in fact, um, as we go to prayer, I, I think we should just take a moment of silence to remember and pray for the tragedy taking place in Las Vegas. Uh, last I heard, 59 killed and 527 or so wounded. And uh, I think we should just take a moment of silence for that. Lord, the, I mean, this massacre, the, and it's happening on the heels of the shooting at Freeman and hurricanes in Texas, Florida, Puerto Rico. I mean, really, I mean, I understand, Lord, why people feel increasingly fearful, unsettled, and, and angry. What we see on our television screens uh, can leave us devastated, Lord. But I, I say, who, el who else, where else am I going to turn? I mean, only to the one who's greater than natural disaster or any evil force in the world. You, oh God, within the mystery of suffering. And like this sounds crazy, but in the mystery of suffering, we still believe there's hope in you. There is peace in you. There is assurance in you. Lord, be with the families affected, and we pray for our nation. May you grab a seat. Amen. Thanks, y'all. Hey, as we get started, uh, a little later on, we're gonna have a chance to, to take a, to take a little poll. So if you could, if you wanna, if you wanna put your input in in a bit, uh, pull, pull out your phones and text text most of my name nine nine one to that to that number, and uh, and you'll be able to. You'll be able to uh, give your input a little bit later in, in, in just a couple, a couple minutes. So, like Kent said, it's first test. You know, first tests are here. Some are passed. Some are right on the, on the cusp of them. And I remember my first test of college. It was a calculus three test, with, and the teacher was Willie Yediman. And Willie Yediman was from Belgium, and he had the thickest accent I'd ever heard in my life at that point. And I couldn't understand about every third word which doesn't help in calculus when you can't understand things anyway. And then he explained things, he explained things like they said, well, the, the derivative of a banana and the derivative of an orange is like a derivative of a grape. And I was like, what does that mean? I didn't learn derivatives of bananas in high school. I have no idea. And so as you, as you might expect, I didn't come into that test very confident. And I did my best, you know, and I got the results back, and I got the worst grade I'd ever gotten in my life. And I thought, oh, no. Am I gonna fail out of college? Like, am I not gonna make it? I mean, can I get? I'm at this engineering school, and I, math's kind of important here. I mean, I got I got to figure this out. But there's this fear in me that I maybe didn't have what it takes. Personal fear. And then we have stuff like what happened on Sunday, or what happened a couple weeks ago at Freeman, and then what happened, and what happened. We look at America and see some ways that. 
look around and say, our, our world feels like it keeps going again and again and again. Another shooting, another tragedy, another, another ethnic cleansing happening in our world. And, and the fear comes in, our, maybe about our country. Is our country, where is our country going? What's it going to be like in 10 years, 15 years, 50 years? Are we safe here? And we have these societal fears. So these personal fears, do I have what it takes? We have societal fears, at least some of us do, about where's our country going? Where's our world going? And that fear comes in on us. And that's what we're going we're gonna to look at today. I think we're going to meet and hear a word from Jesus today in those fears. So as you know, we're looking at the I am statements, the I am statements, the Gospel of John, as, as Jesus makes God known to us. And speaks these I am's throughout the book of, of John. And we, we, we saw how, how um, last week, how when we bring our truth to Jesus, we then see God more clearly. That's part of how, God, how Jesus is making God known in himself. And, and today, we continue to peel back that onion, remember? And see more and more of the same God. The same God who revealed himself to Moses as gracious and compassionate, loving God to Moses and the I am. We're seeing more and more about who he is as we look at Jesus, and we open up the book of John. And so we're going to look at John uh, chapter 6 today, verses 14 to 21, and this is right after Jesus has just fed the 5,000. So he, with five loaves and two fish, miraculously fed this huge crowd of people, and, and that's where we pick it up. And I always just like if we read together, if you guys are all right with that. So why don't we read together? It's up on the screen. Ready, set, go. Then people... So the apples went down to the sea and got into the boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. Well done. Excellent reading. Thank you. So just before this, before, before we started out, he fed the 5,000. At the end of that story, it says that they, they were, this crowd, I mean, things are going great. Everything's going well. This crowd's everyone's excited. Jesus is teaching about God and the kingdom. He's showing miracles. He's showing them this is something special. And they actually say, I think this is the prophet. And when they mean that, they're referring to, to Deuteronomy 18, this, the prophet who's going to come, who, like Moses, who would come and set things right and be the king who would make things right for Israel and, and bring things back the way they were meant to be. And then they actually said, it says, they actually wanted to grab him and make him king by force. Start going around, He's, look at the kings here, start the revolution, right? That's what they want to do right now, let's do it. And everyone's in, everyone's excited, let's go. But Jesus has a little different plan. Jesus goes up the mountainside, and it doesn't say here, but most likely as he did in other times we see, went up to pray. Went to be with the Father. He goes and with the Father and sends the disciples across the sea. And things start getting a little more complicated. It's not the way everyone thought. And so as they're going across the sea, it gets more complicated for the disciples because the, the wind's coming now, the storm, the waves, now they're rowing and rowing and working hard, not getting very far. And then... It gets even crazier. In the moonlight, kind of the reflection out there, they see something on the water. I think, what is that, a boat? What is that? And it gets a little closer, and it's not a boat. What is that? 
we don't have categories for people on water in the middle of a storm walking, right? So there's not like, oh, it's that. So as it gets closer, what is it? Maybe it's, is it, a, is it, is it, it must be a ghost. I and mean, that's about the only option we can think of. A human couldn't do that. And so they stand there and we hear them say, it describes, they were terrified. They were terrified, right? Terrified of what is this thing coming out of them, but also maybe terrified in lots of ways, personally and, and society, what was going on in Israel under Roman rule, personally, what are we doing, dropping everything and following this Jesus guy? All kinds of fears. So what's your fear? What makes, brings you fear? We have a question up here, and uh, we'd like you to text in your, your answer. In, in one word, what's something that causes you fear, personally or in our broader society? And so is your... Uh, you're inv- invited to use your, your phone in chapel today and <laughs> enjoy that. Um, what is it that causes you fear personally? And this is, this is a beautiful chance for us as a community to share. Share in this together. Who are we? Where are we? Um, thank you for your honesty in, in sharing together. Obviously, there are no names. No one's going to know who wrote anything. What are some things that bring us fear in our community here Look that in for a second. Oh, thank you for sharing those. Loneliness, failure, abandonment, rejection, relationships, death, failing, shootings, enough, alone, loss, hatred. These are real fears in our community, real fears in this room. And of course, there are others, right? These are, but here's a glimpse of fears that we face here. And his disciples sat terrified. And Jesus comes up to them. He doesn't give them a, a, a cheap answer. Hang in there, champ. Everything's going to be okay. That's not his answer. His answer isn't, oh, yo, you're all right. No, it's different, it's deeper, it's much more rich and much more rooted than that. And it's time for our Greek lesson of the day. Some of you in Jonathan's class, I know you're way ahead of this already, but for the rest of us, we get our Greek 101 today. We need to learn this phrase. This is the phrase that we're going to see the rest of the whole semester as we go through the Gospel of John, these I am statements, is these words, I am. Because it says, it's a go, a me. Can you say it? A go, a me. Your turn. Ego, I, a me, I am. In, in Greek, you don't need to actually have the pronoun I to, to say I am. So it's, it's emphatic. I am. And it's, it's, it's an echo of that Exodus 3 passage when the burning bush, remember? And Moses, and what's your name? I am. So when, when the, that was translated into Greek, this is what the words they used. Ego, a me, I am. I am. This is God's name. So in English, when we come to, the, when we come to that, that passage, it's, we say, it is I, because that's the only way we can make sense of it, right? You wouldn't say, you don't walk in a room and say, I am. <laughs> so, so they try to do their best. But that's what Jesus did, actually. In the midst of their fear, Jesus enters into their fear and says, I am. I am. And then he says, gives the most often uh, repeated command in the Bible. God's most often repeated command to us. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. I am. Do not fear. But see, there's an order there. 
There's an order that matters because the foundation of do not fear, it's not don't fear because, hey, everything's fine, you're okay, the world's, going, the world's getting better, we're all happy. The foundation of the do not fear is ego and me. I am. I am. God is here. The God, the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. The one who came to us in gracious, compassionate love. The one who comes, who defeats evil and conquers evil and will have the last word. The God who is light and love and goodness. This God of righteousness, I am, is here. And because I am is here, you don't have to fear. It's a different kind of solution to fear. It's a solution that says it's about who God is not about an easy answer. And it's about what God is doing, not about a box being checked. And it's about who God, who we are in light of that. And so we see in Jesus the I am, who is actually a different kind of king, a loving and powerful king who's here with these disciples and with us today. And in the midst of these fears and the many more we carry individually and as a society, Jesus comes and says, I am. I am. I am. I am the true God. I am the God who came and not, not in an easy, I'm going to check the box way. I actually came and lived a, a human life and suffered a human death and descended to hell and, and, and then defeated death. Put death in its grave because I was going to change this. I will show you who this I am is. I am who is the true, loving, powerful king. I am is here. And so we bring our, our fears and say, Jesus. And he says, I am. Jesus, I'm lonely. Jesus, I'm afraid. I don't have enough. I am here. I am the God who's with you. You can take that down, Brennan. And then what happens is we get a chance to live into that. As children of God, citizens of the king, we know this loving and powerful king, and now that king invites us to live into that, to participate in, to witness to his kingly reign. Jesus called the kingdom of God, the place it looks like when God reigns. Well, this God, who is loving, compassionate, and gracious, and hates evil, and loves good, and cares about the outcast, and loves and, and, loves and judges evil, loves us and judges evil, this God says, now hear my people, Let's live as his children, live in the kingdom, his way, together, and point to this king. So when, I was, when our daughters were young, um, we used to do this thing called the trick. And it, it's, I would, we put their little feet, they, had to be, they couldn't walk yet, but they could stand up, okay? So they could stand up, and I could get them on my hand, and they would, they would stand there. But one hand, and just stand there. And we kind of just balance, I think we have a picture over here, maybe, yep. That's Bella. That's my shaggy hair. And little Bella and little Esther would just balance in my hand just like that. And it looks like from the outside, it looks like really scary. Like, this guy's going to drop his daughter. You know, this guy is, is we should, might be, need to call the police. But actually, it was totally safe, I promise. It was, there was never, ever a problem. Because I had her. I had her. And you know what the beautiful thing Oh, you can't really see there. But she would just smile and laugh and look at me and look around. She loved it. She wasn't afraid because she knew I had her. And we would just laugh together. And then eventually her knee, you know, she'd get a little tired. Her legs would kind of collapse. And I'd grab her and hug her. And, and then we'd do it again. 
the loving and powerful king, I am, comes to us in the midst of our world, in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the fear, and says, I am. I got you. I got you. I got this world. In the midst of the brokenness of this world, we know the end. God's going to make a new heaven, a new earth, a new creation. There'll be no more evil, no more crying, no more tears. God has the end in sight. It's going to get there somehow. We don't know how. But I am has got us. So we need not fear. Band, yes, come on up. And because of that, now we can live differently. We can live counterculturally. We can seek God's kingdom first. We can live in such a way that we love our neighbors, love our enemies. We can live in such a way where we actually live in humility because we know the I am who holds us. We're his children. We're the citizens of his kingdom. We live upstream, counterculturally, in a way that says, see, we have a different king. He's got me. I don't have to worry about impressing you. I don't have to worry about uh, all the things that you think I have to do to make me feel okay. He's got me. I am has got me. So may we live in the truth and the goodness of that I am as he frees us from our fears one day at a time. Let's stand and sing together. So let's go. Let's go and trust in him. Let go and trust in him as he holds us our loving, powerful king, and let's go and share the goodness of this loving and powerful king in word and deed with others who are afraid that we would be able to point to you and live in the goodness of the, the kingdom of this loving, powerful God who is I am. Go in peace.